Welcome to the When Harry Met Movies podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Harry Met Movies podcast. I'm Harry Met Dad Dad. Hi Harry, how are you today? Good. So today we're joined by a guest. Um, this is M from Verbal Diorama. Hello M, how are you? Hello, it's I'm delighted to be here, and I'm um, I'm actually a little bit awestruck at the moment because I'm in the presence of uh, the very famous celebrity Harry, uh, <laughs> and I'm just like I I'm I'm just yeah I I feel like I feel like I'm in the presence of a celebrity right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so modest as well. <laughs> Imagine what it's, we're looking at going on YouTube in a couple of months. That, that, Imagine what it's going to be like. Then if we ever get a film in I'll make sure you'll be a side character. If, what, if you get a film? Yeah, like, you know, if you get a side character. Oh, I might be in the film in passing. Possibly. I'll, no, sure, I'll make sure you're, you're in the credits. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, always make sure you take care of your dad. Make sure your dad's okay. Put him in the credits, he'll be fine. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway it's, it's a pleasure to have you on thank um, you it's a pleasure to be here for all the listeners tell them about yourself how you've got your own podcast tell us about your podcast about how it started that sort of stuff well I mean to be fair I've been doing this quite a while now uh so about four years ago I started a podcast it's called Verbal Diorama and it's basically all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't and each episode, I basically delve into the making of a specific movie. Uh, so I talk about how that movie came about, any interesting bits of information about that movie. Um, because let's be honest, it's a miracle that movies are made. And I think that we should be celebrating these movies, regardless of what we might think. They might not be brilliant movies, but every movie that makes it to screen is a miracle and Every movie deserves to be celebrated. And honestly, the movie that we're going to be talking about is what it, it, I'm going to say it is my favourite movie of all time, which is another reason why I'm so excited to be here. Not just because of the, the famous Harry, but also because of the movie that we're talking about, because this is my this is my favourite movie of all time. I've seen it the most of all movies. And yeah. I adore this movie so much. So I'm delighted to be here. I can't wait to get started. Yeah. So for those that actually know M's podcast might actually guess what the movie's going to be. Um, <laughs> funny enough, without revealing, we thought uh, we, we were on sequel picture shoot like back last year. When we mentioned we were coming on this, you were coming on. Um, straight away they knew what film we're going to end up doing. <laughs> yeah that's because i've done the sequel on sequel pitch as yeah. well so <laughs> and um, uh, and, I, and i will say as well that i'm very proud of that sequel it's i think it's probably my greatest achievement is that sequel that i wrote so <laughs> yeah i'm a huge yeah, fan of this movie i listened to the episode it was it was good to uh, it was obvious you're gonna win because you put like about felt like you put like six weeks of effort into it and everyone else put like a week <laughs> You know, I, the, the way that I do my podcast is I kind of believe in the go big or go home. And I put a lot of work into Verbal Diorama. Uh, it's an incredibly time consuming podcast to put together, but you're going to do it. You might as well do it. 
So, and exactly the same with sequel pitch. You're going to write a sequel to the greatest movie ever made, then you write a sequel to the greatest movie ever made. I think you can only guess what you're going to rate the film. <laughs> Do you think? Have I given it away already? So, so for the listeners, we are doing The Mummy, which came out in 1999. So this actually just scrapes into our time bracket, because I always say it films up until 1999. Um, okay. One year off, the same one's delayed, but one year it would be harder. Yeah, so push on the shelf. every now and then we do ones out of it, like like my birthday or something like that, or his birthday, we just pick a random film, but as a general rule, it's anything that came out before 1999. We've not done one for my birthday, I think. Not yet, at least. I can't remember what we did last year. We did something. I can't remember. So yes, we are covering the mummy. Um, so Harry will start will get you to recite the plot of a film in a select amount of sentences. How many sentences are you give? Five. Me? Um, very generous. I'm not generous to you, but because you always know, oh you give me too many sentences. Right. So, okay. Oh two. god, right. Okay. Five sentences, right. Oh, oh, okay. You can cheat so, if you've got the yes and read the back of it. So I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and figure out how to do this in five sentences now because normally I I can't condense anything into five sentences. Um, so the movie starts. We have uh, we meet uh, Rick O'Connell and he is basically in the French Foreign Legion and he discovers the ancient burial site Hamanaptra uh, before he's attacked by the uh, well attacked by opposing forces and then uh, all of his people die uh they discover something in the ground and the magi turn up and he basically wanders off into the desert that's the first sentence second sentence we also meet <laughs> uh, evelyn carnahan and her brother jonathan she is a librarian and he is well a bit of a drunk and um so she makes a bit of a mess in the library um, and she finds out that her brother has come across this ancient key with a map in, which the map pertains to the location of Hamanaptra, which is a legend that no one thought actually existed. That's the second sentence. They meet up with, uh, <laughs> I'm counting the sentences, they meet up with, well, they find Rick O'Connell in a prison. Uh, it turns out that Jonathan has stolen the key from Rick, and they decide that they are all going to travel to Hamanaptra to find this ancient burial site. Third sentence, when they get there, <laughs> uh, when they get there, uh, well, there's there's another group uh, of uh, Americans who are also looking for this. When they get there, they accidentally awaken uh, Imhotep, um, the... Oh, I've, I've missed off about Imhotep at the start. So basically, Imhotep was the pharaoh's priest and he had an affair with the pharaoh's mistress, Anuxana Moon, and uh, was basically mummified, uh, whereas she basically kills herself. And the idea is that they accidentally resurrect Imhotep from his, with his mummified form and Imhotep decides to resurrect his longtime love, Anuxana Moon, but in order to do so, he needs a human sacrifice. And so he chooses Evie as his human sacrifice. Final sentence, I think. I think they, they fight the mummy and uh, no spoilers, but they all live happily ever after in the end. 
<laughs> is that good enough? Yeah, definitely feel you dragged the sentences out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Lots of commas. She can't, she actually can't the sentence. Not a lot of people do that, mate. You can tell that you're not like this a lot because you remember most of the Egyptian names, which for me and the mummy, I always just called Skelly because I cannot remember his name or say it about mm. Emotep. Yeah, Emotep. Yeah. Well, you see, Harry, I've watched this movie so many times, I could probably recite the script of this movie. (laughs) I've seen it that many times. So, obviously, we've gathered you like the film. (laughs) Put your bets in there, watch it later. But is this something you always liked, out of interest? Yeah. Yeah, ever, ever since I saw this movie for the first time, it would have been sort of maybe the year 2000 when I saw this movie because I rented it on VHS. Uh, I still have the VHS tape that I rented from the video shop. What, um, did you not take it back? Pardon? Did you not take it back? Oh, I, no, I don't. I, okay, let me clarify. I did not steal the videotape. I rented it. I loved it. I took it back to the video shop. And then a couple of weeks later, it was in the bargain bin for a pound. And so I bought a copy so, yeah, let me make that very clear. I did not steal a VHS tape from a video rental store. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just I fell in love with it instantly and I've loved it ever since. Uh, I genuinely believe it's the greatest movie ever made. Uh, and so I, I'll... No, she doesn't have a VHS player. Oh. No, I, I don't. I, it's just decorative, Harry. Uh, my yeah. parents actually do have a VHS player still, uh, but I don't, sadly. But we need to see that as well decoration. I watched two of the old films. Yeah, we don't watch any on VHS because we haven't got a VHS player. I know, but we can still have some decorated. So what do you think of the film? I thought it was good. I, I when the name when you think of mummies, you think of these like like undead, creepy things. I was like, is it gonna be a bit scary? But it's some bits it is very not scary bits, but like disgusting, like you know, the bugs were kind the skin that did make you wince a bit. Like, I can't creep out more than yeah. I did find that the beginning the skeleton I can't say his name Imhotep was a bit creepy, but then I realised when they zoom out he doesn't look that scary. He more just looks like a robot kind of. Like t- he walks very robotic. Yeah, he looks like a Terminator for me. I don't know if that's just what helps my imagination. Or- no, I can see what you're saying. I think it's um. I think he looks robotic. <laughs> He's got the same sort of unstoppable thing that the Terminator has. Yeah. He said he's weakness is cats. Yes, because cats are the uh, the guardians of the underworld. And he will fear them until he is fully re- uh, regenerated. Told you I knew the script. That's sad, isn't it? Uh... <laughs> we got, I don't know, if I've, I think it's quite... It was done. It was stated quite a lot of the time. But I, as we were watching, I said, to "Harry's like, well, what's what's it like before we started watching?" So it's very Indiana Jones esque. Yes. But, yeah. But not in, like not in a. I think there's a lot of films that try to copy Indiana Jones, but this kind of did it, and so it has that sort of feel about it being a copy or a poor imitation. So to say. It said on the box. It said he'll he'll bring the. Plagues, wasn't it? Bring the plagues, yeah. And I didn't know what was the Jewish plagues, and I was like, and now I know because when the water was red, like the the river turning to blood. Because I remember it from Arby. I remember. Yes. <laughs> Arby's knowledge has actually been useful once. 
I don't, I don't need that at any point. I don't need to know about anything about Moses for like if I work at like McDonald's. Just watch, watch Prince of. You're not going to work at McDonald's. How do you know? If you are, like you do. Apparently, apparently they have a very good structure. Okay. I've been looking into it, have you? <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest, I think the whole, um, you know, hearkening back to the old serials of like the, the, the 30s and 40s, that I think that's very done on purpose. Uh, they Obviously, I think there was maybe an inclination to kind of not copy the Indiana Jones style, but Indiana Jones is very pulpy as well. And this kind of follows that very kind of period pulpy template it's set in the 1920s. Um and Rick O'Connell is that dashing, charming, roguish hero like Indiana Jones. And I'm 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 quite curious, Harry, who was your favourite character? I'm not sure. I'm trying to think what would my favourite character be out of it. I haven't got a stat point as my favourite. Probably our main character, or I think he just looks I think she's like cool. She's like very brave and stuff. Oh and um... So Evie, Evie's your favourite. Yeah, Evie's my favourite too. I think she's a great character. So if it was me and I saw the skeleton thing, I'm getting the plane ticket and I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't care about any stuff, I'm leaving straight away. I'm not dealing with any of the undead things. No, yeah, she. Um, I think she's... So I think Rick's really good and Brendan yeah. Fraser's incredible, isn't it? Um, like I say, it's a bit Indiana Jones, but I also think it's a bit Han Solo-ish more as well. Yeah, yeah. Indiana Jones is kind of like an academic as well, isn't he? He's quite smart and yeah. stuff. Whereas I think Han Solo's a bit more roguish and I think he's got the nice balance of the two. Yeah. But Evelyn's brilliant in it, like her character. Yeah. I also like, I can never remember what his name is, the one that's wears all black, but he's not really in this one as much. He appears in the second one a bit more. What's the second one? There's two more. Oh, Ardis Bay. That, that's his name. The the leader of the Magi. He's excellent, isn't he? I I think he's brilliant. Um, interestingly, a little little tidbit about him. Oh, something I always like to bring up was that obviously he's got some tattoos on his face, and originally they were going to tattoo his whole face, and um, because basically he's such an attractive man. <laughs> They were like, we can't tattoo this face. He's too attractive to have a tattoo on his face. So they just put a little bit, little tattoo on his face. But um, this is a very attractive cast. Uh, everyone is good looking in this movie. Obviously, obviously, Harry, you may be a bit too young to think that they're all good looking. But I think for, for grown-ups, everyone can fancy someone in this movie. Yeah. I do like how the, you say, like, what, what is the put that like, the Dutch is always in black? I can't remember what they're, like, not the tribe. Is it the tribe, would you say? The ones that protect. Yeah. They, I love how you see them at the beginning, mm-hmm. just watching while they're fighting. And then you see that, then they, then they come out, basically, they come out the shadows. At the end, like, you idiot. You raise the spirit, you idiot. And then they just go and try and kill it, which clearly didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did say that. I think when we were watching it, you said, "Well, why, why don't they ever try and stop them before?" And why they... don't they ever like? Why don't they try and stop people from actually going there? Cause... Yeah, before because they release them attack and then they sort of like. Well, like you idiots will just sort out your mess. <laughs> go on, go home. We'll sort it out. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a plot hole, isn't it? Because they say they say to them, "Oh, you must leave this place," and then they say. You must leave tomorrow morning. They don't say you must leave now. They basically give them till tomorrow morning to leave. 
really, they should have just said, no, get out now before they uh, raised Imhotep from the dead. But then if that happened, we wouldn't have a movie. So it's it's a plot. It's a plot hole for the sake of uh, mm. the plot, basically. I do like how like they find this tomb and like they they get this treasure. They find this box, and then they'll, and then like whoever opens it, they'll find what's it like. It'll be there'll be like the curse or something, yeah. won't you? And then like they open it, they find blockers, and Americans get really annoyed. So they kick, didn't they kick it or don't like? Yeah, and the panel opens on the side. Yeah, and they get this like treasure. But I love how they find the coffin of him. Don't like isn't like Eve and her. Aren't his brother like jumping over, kicking something? Yeah, like, yeah. And obviously, he just comes collapsing around. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, think I think there's a lot of moments in this that are quite funny. Like yeah. that. I do like how, I do like how like, at the beginning, you don't stop with the main character. You see at the back, like how basically all, all the, like, the priests betrayed him and stuff, like the pharaoh, and then he was like, he's got more of like alive. And then he got it. Emails, blogs, and stuff. And I love how like, and, like, you see like him rise the police back on the ground to finish the rituals, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, exactly. It's just very cool how they did it. You quite like Egyptian stuff, though. Huh? I like Egyptian You like mythology in general? Uh, yeah, I love mythology and stuff. Yeah. Greek, Rome, Egyptian. You always have done. I've never seen Percy Jackson, Jackson to me. I'm on this food uh, series. I've ne- never seen Percy Jackson. No, he, but, reads, he listens to the audiobooks and like oh. I've read the first series, but he's on like there's like four or five series I've, and he's I've well read, thrown. I've read through the trial and um third book of the trial of Hollows, I'm pretty sure. The Burning Maze. But yeah, so he's very I knew this would appeal because of the mythology side of it. The reason as well. they have the lecture is because their no, minds are hard wise to read Greek. New stuff. Did they do an Egyptian one? I'm not sure. I think he might have. I've heard that he might have. I've just, I don't know what else he wrote, but I think Percy Jackson's main thing after checking. He always manages to get Percy Jackson into our podcasts. <laughs> it's a bit like me and Keanu Reeves, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to get Keanu Reeves in, but uh, just a mention of him will do. Uh, <laughs> so nothing wrong with getting Keanu Reeves into a podcast oh absolutely not I um, quite, I, I like the introduction to and I like the whole scene in the like, like you touched on when you in the library where she knocks all the bookcases like she, over she's just cleaned it all and then the pain after seeing a bookshelf box stuff like oh physical. yeah and that was like, done in one shot as well they had one take only to do that and they did it in one take I wonder how much they took to clean up <laughs> how many like how many people did they have clean it up? They had like two people I feel really bad for them. I'm sure they well, I think I think that was the point. They couldn't clean it up afterwards. They just had one shot to do it. So they were like, we've got to do it in one go. Um, because we don't want to have to clean it up and do it again. So they just had to do it. But I just think it's one of those things where you kind of get her character quite quickly. But she's she's smart, which is a little bit bumbling as well, sort of thing. Yeah, a l- little bit clumsy. Um, but I just think it adds to her endearing personality. Like she's she's not like this perfect female character. Um, she actually has, you know, all these different layers to her. She's really smart, she's strong, 
Um, she's the one who wants to actually fight him, Otep. Rick's the one who wants to leave. Uh, yeah. She saves Rick's life multiple occasions as well. Um, yeah, I think as far as female characters go, because female characters in movies, generally, they're just there to scream and go, oh, no, what are we going to do? Uh, yeah. Whereby Evie is actually quite strong uh, and self-sufficient. And I like that in a character like her. Well, um, what's quite interesting is Harry referred to her as the Met League character as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think most people would naturally think it was Rick. Yeah. No. <laughs> but you're you're right. Yeah. She actually is the, I do the main I do character think, throughout the film. It isn't like Rick's best friend. I don't think he's best friend, but in person at the beginning, you see Benji. Yeah, you see him sing to him, and then he joins. Oh, I'm not trying. The to Americans. Say, no, not yeah, and then he joins Imitat. Imitat, and then like he like he Imitat tried to kill someone to get his their his, his dead body. He has to get um, his um, organs yeah. back, doesn't he? So he takes yeah. like their eyes and stuff like that. But he didn't finish it. So like I thought, and I thought he was good until like you see his mask was like maybe he got a healer for him because this and I didn't know it was him and I was like oh. Oh, when he when he takes him to the yeah. hotel. And... Yeah, I just like it because I love how you can turn the sound and then like they just burst in and use his cat on the piano like like is it cat or piano? Is he scared of bad music or cats? Cats. Cats. Doesn't matter because the cat on the piano. So I say, is he scared of piano? No, it's a cat. Yeah, so I was wondering that time. I mean, he, he could be scared of bad music. You just don't know. <laughs> They probably don't have much music, you know. Mummies don't hear much music, do they? So when they hear bad music, they're like, oh, no, I don't like it. So I was miss when I was younger. Yeah. Not younger, so I'd have been like... Back in your days. So I'd have been like 20 when this came out-ish. Um, Not when you were a kid? No. Um, I remember Beatles, like the Scarab Beatles. Oh. Yeah, that was definitely something that... Made me wince, yeah. I remembered, like, later on about it it's like definitely like you say we're going to go, it's going under the skin oh, or chase them yeah. and stuff like it's Maybe. still it still makes you go doesn't it, it makes yeah. you wince especially for me yeah uh, i'm not i don't like stuff like that for me yeah i, I don't really get oh the scene where like the, the i'm just gonna call them skelly because it can't taste me well, Imitate. when he like when he turns to hold village against does he like how does he does he possess them does he Kill only controlling them. Yeah. How does he do that? It's it's all part of the plague. So um so basically he he has power over all of the people. Um yeah. and that's where you get all of the there's a plague called boils and sores. And oh, yeah. if you look at their face, their faces are covered with like boils and sores. And and he's like, Yeah, it's kind of like he's controlling their minds. Um <laughs> and you know when they chant Immortep, Immortep. So he's he is controlling them, but also the one of the one of the best scenes I like is when Jonathan pretends that he's one of them. Yeah. So yeah. if he says Immortep, then all of the crowd they're like not they're like kind of like zombies, but they're not smart, so they don't understand that he's not one of them, which yeah. I like. I also like that in most like films that have people like that, like this. Like in most films, they always have someone pretending to be them. So I just mean like most like zombie films have someone pretending to be a zombie or like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. at some point they like, try and blend in with yeah that's what I, mean. I don't know if that's just a cliche which they do I think it's just something that you do to try and get out of the situation Harry 
Has Harry seen Shaun of the Dead, or is that is he a bit too young? No, um, we've watched. So Hot Fuzz is one of my favourite films. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for my birthday, we watched Hot Fuzz <laughs> as, okay. as a film uh, because we've decided that's when we're going to do one that's out, out of our bracket. Um, yeah, kicked in the face. And uh, then I said, well, if any really wants to watch Shaun of the Dead, because they're not, you don't have to watch them in order because there's no order to that trilogy, is there? No, um, there is. A clap of trilogy. But, you know, yeah, but it's but not in an order because they're not the same characters. But I've said we'll watch Shaun of the Dead next year. Uh, okay. Yeah, the only reason I say is because that's got quite a famous scene where they pretend yeah. to be zombies and it's quite funny. When? When we're going to watch it. We'll yeah. watch it at some point. It doesn't have to be my birthday. When at some point? It might be one of our YouTube ones. How long? Yeah, you... that'd be cool. I've got to work it all out. <laughs> Because I'm trying to work it out to get onto YouTube because I want to still release them as podcasts and it's trying to work out the audio and visual and all the editing. Blah, 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 blah. But I have to do this, not you, like we said. Because you're the famous one and I'm just for the slave labour. <laughs> I don't have a laptop, so I can't. Well, you wouldn't need to because I'm your slave labour. <laughs> so you're like Imhotep and I'm like <laughs> Benji. <laughs> Essentially. No, you're more like a because he has no hair like you. Oh, yeah, cheers. Oh. <laughs> has no hair. I, I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> but you need, remember, you might be famous, Harry, but he's still your dad. And he'll <laughs> always be your dad. See, you, you'd be lucky if you make it to your next birthday. <laughs> 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 One bit, right, going back to the film, rather than you just slating me like you always do. I don't. Um, your birthday didn't. It's not my birthday. It was months ago. <laughs> but, um, no, it was I quite like the bit in the film where, the, where he screams at the mummy. When was that? Yeah. The mummy screams at him and he does it back <laughs> yeah. to try and scare him off. I mean, it's like, it's one of those jokes that lays back later on because, like, is it three or four skeletons yeah. scream at him and he screams and it doesn't have the same sort of effect. <laughs> I just quite like that sort of, like, in the moment comedy sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good comedy in this. <laughs> I like the fact that even though, like, like Rick's, like, the bit where he's, like, in the on the boat and he reels out that big thing, like... Roll yeah, like, guns like, or whatever like, it is where, he's got. Like, what, it's like a shotgun. How much fun do you roll that up? And he's and he's like loading up all the guns and stuff like that. Even though he's like quite clearly quite an accomplished soldier, he still gets like like scared or yeah, clum like he's, in the moment he still he still like runs away from things and stuff like that. Even though he's quite cam- clearly can handle them. I like the camels now. Yeah, you have to. You're obsessed with the camels, weren't camel. you? You wanted a camel after we watched this. Camel. <laughs> The camels were safe. That's what all that matters. I quite like the fact they did have camels because obviously the natural thing is they usually have horses, don't they? Even though it's it's in Egypt. I know, but still they often still have horses. In these sort of films, they still because it's just a go-to thing. But the logic is obviously to have camels. Yeah. I quite like when they have to they're waiting for the sun to raise, is it rise, and so they can see where. Where they have to go, yeah, and then they all race across the desert. 
Yeah. Because it's not on horses, it's kind of quite jolty and sort of... And then Eve Cannon just, like, shoots off, like... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be the first one there. I want... Can I get a pet camel? No, you're not having a pet camel. I think they've got quite stinky breath, though, haven't they? Still are cute. They are cute, but, I mean, do you, do you like stinky breath? I still does breath, so it's Oh! Fine. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I think someone's celebrity is going to their head a little bit. <laughs> but he was, this is what he's like. But when we did um, Superman 2 with Simon, oh, yeah, well. Simon was like, oh, yeah, you need to get him on YouTube just for all the things he does. I was like, no, I'm not sure we should encourage him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think Harry's a natural YouTube star. I think I think definitely get him on YouTube. I think he's a superstar podcaster, but I think he needs to become a superstar YouTuber. <laughs> you have enough gum in your back hole. Yes, I do have a lot of chewing gum in my car. You can feel you can oh, I'm surprised you haven't asked me how what films it was up against. That's yeah, his new thing and we, he, likes, was it up he likes to discuss the uh, box office. This is a big year for films. Yes, yeah. huge. It's it's considered like one of the best. Yeah. There's another one in the mid eighties. I can never remember if it was eighty five or eighty six. That's a really good year as well. I can never remember which one it is. Mm-hmm. But it's like this is so. This has got Star Wars and Phantom Menace. So this is oh, it's filming too lost. So this got a Star Wars film that people were waiting for yeah, fifteen so. years for, or whatever it was. Um, Sixth Sense, which you probably won't watch what is it anytime much? soon. Um, it sounds like some money film. <laughs> Six Sense is a film you can't really talk about if you haven't seen it without spoiling it. So, yeah, it's a bit, little bit scary. So we're uh, not watching it. It's it, it's more like a, it's not like a horror. I can't, it's a bit creepy horror. I still can't survive Jurassic Park. I think as well that. <laughs> um, and Austin Powers was out. One of the Austin Powers films. I don't know um, what that is. A comedy film. Um, Toy Story 2. Oh, yeah. This was Toy Story 2. Matrix. Oh, yeah, it's dead. This uh, Disney dead had Tarzan out. Um, I would be like this, you. Obviously, this was out. So there's a lot of films that we've kind um, of watched, so you've probably have seen. Or, what was the biggest film at the time? Like the Phantom thing. Menace. Well, where would this have been then? I can't remember where this was. I think it was about seventh or eighth in the box office. Still good. Yeah, like this it, film did really well, actually, considering it was against a lot of other films. Uh, it came out in the summer of 1999, which was huge yeah. summer. I mean, The Phantom Menace was big. Uh, just the, the literally the biggest movie that year, I think, The Phantom Menace was. Yeah. So. It was only going to be like cried up, wasn't it? No. Oh, that was what it was. The only film I've ever cried at was Return of a Jedi. What scene? When Yoda dies. Yoda. I was like five. That's like my earliest memory. Remembering Yoda died. Best you cried at the bug dying in there. <laughs> when you shrunk the kids. Yes, so. I know. And I am not so. I'm quite oh, moved. no. Anthony. I remember Anthony. Oh. <laughs> I quite most animals there. Yeah, yeah. If an animal dies in the film and it's got Harry, if this person dies... Yeah, like... I get it. I understand, Harry. When, a, when an animal dies, it's the worst in a film. But the human dies, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't remember. And you got Terry at Paddington too. Yeah, when was, what scene was that? 
at the very end when his oh aunt, yeah, I remember that. aunt turns up. Thing is, yeah. and you couldn't understand why you got upset because it was happy. And I was like, well, that sometimes has the same effect. Yep. See, I I think the reason I don't quite humor is reason not a post to the post. <laughs> that's the only reason I think I don't care. That's probably quite valid. Whenever an animal dies, it's probably more important in a lot of films. It probably means the motivation. Like, say, if a like, random character dies, like, let's have, like, two lines and it doesn't matter. Like that. that means you don't know what's the plot. Yeah, if they're going to kill an animal off, it's usually quite... They've been in it for quite a bit, sort of thing. Yeah, you get attached and they kill it. I only make a film where all humans die and just the animals survive. So you asked about the sequels to this. Yeah. Um, if they're any good. Oh. So what are your opinions on the sequel, then? Well, I mean, I can tell you, uh, I've actually done an episode on The Mummy Returns. So uh, I, I, I actually give The Mummy Returns more credit than I think a lot of people do because The Mummy Returns is quite infamous, shall we say, for some quote-unquote bad CGI uh, with a particular character. Um, and I actually, looking into the history of that movie know that they were under quite a lot of pressure to get that movie completed by a certain time and they ran out of time on the visual effects basically so that's why it doesn't look as great um to me the mummy is a perfect movie and no sequel could ever be as good uh so they had two sequels they had the mummy returns and they had um the mummy tomb of tomb of the dragon emperor which isn't great i'll be honest i've not seen that in a long time they also uh had some spin-off movies on the character the scorpion king um which i I, i've not seen (laughs) and then they uh they actually did a remake of this movie i don't know if you've ever heard of the remake sort it's a sort of remake harry um starring tom cruise which is really bad (laughs) I've never got around to watching it because I knew yeah, it was really don't. Bad. Just, just don't watch it. Don't watch Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Don't yeah, watch the Scorpion King movies. Don't watch the Tom Cruise. So, yeah, I kind of agree on the Mummy Returns. I think it's quite, it's actually quite a good, um, quite a good <laughs> film as a general thing. Yeah, we probably will because it felt, it, it elaborates the, um, the, back, the backstory as well. In quite a good way, I think. Well, Keeps the mythology going, sort of thing. Wait, so, I mean, is, is the mummy in it? Yeah. yeah. So is it a the mummy or love some type of CGI? It's, it's the same mummy. Yeah, but why is there a bad CGI in it? So, it, the mummy... there's a character in it called the Scorpion King who, who's played by The Rock. Um, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a podcast called Empire podcast and there's a woman on that called Helen Lahara and she always says something which is true about CGI but there's no such thing as bad CGI it's lack of money and time so Em's just hitting nail on the head there but we, I can't wait to but it, it's not because in the same film the, the mummy's done really well yeah but the Scorpion King is done there's a couple of dodgy scenes of it basically the same with the mummy in this film there's a couple of dodgy scenes like when he was like when... Don't, don't get me wrong if you took it's... special effects from the 90s and compared them to even 10 years later, when you've got something like Gollum and Lord of the Rings, who, who when they're given the time and to do something and the, the money and the backing, it's a different sort of level. Yeah. But I do think, the only reason I 
think reminds him of his good is when you first meet him and he's out looking, you see his legs. It does, he looks, he looks like around him, looks more white, a bit plated. I don't start mentioning me. He just doesn't look as good. He looks like he's like about to fall over, like Lego. Like, <laughs> Really well, I mean, it's it's really interesting that you say that about the, the character of the mummy, because this was probably one of the first real instances. So you mentioned um, your dad mentioned Gollum. And obviously Gollum was kind of famously motion captured by um, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis was on set and he was wearing a suit, like a motion capture suit to capture the movements of Gollum. And they did the same thing with the mummy. That's Arnold Vosloo in a motion capture suit. And it's basically one of the first kind of instances of what we would today call modern motion capture. And this was revolutionary for the time This in, in like the late 90s to have this kind of motion capture for this character. So really, you know, the, the, while the CGI probably doesn't really hold up to a modern standard. I still think it looks really good from the point of view that if you look at this technology and how rudimentary and early this technology was at the time, the mummy does actually look like a decent enough CG character. You know, when you can see like the bugs crawling through him yeah, and he like eats one and yeah, all of creepy. that. It still looks really creepy, doesn't it? And really good. Yeah. It was the um, sequel to this. Was this the first time from the rock was in? Possibly. Yeah, yeah, that was the debut of, of The Rock as a movie star. I was wondering because I wonder what his ever first film is. Mm. I know he's a wrestler and a music artist. Even no, he does sing in, in Moana, but because he's not really a music artist. Oh, yeah. I think he did a song with Wyclef. <laughs> but you won't remember it. Yeah, yeah. But... Do you think it holds up the film? Yeah, I think. So if I showed you this and you didn't know it came out when it did, well, I would it. you just enjoy it for what it is? And not... Yeah, it's a bit jumpy at parts. <laughs> I cannot find just at parts. I think because I I watched it a lot when I was younger. But I don't. I'm trying to think when I last watched this. I actually think I've seen the second one more recently than I've seen this one. That's weird. And maybe a bit of the third one because third one came out a lot later, didn't it? Nineteen eighty-five. Um, so, I thought I wasn't sure how it would hold up, but I actually thought it's alright. Actually, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's just as good as I remember. I actually think it was better than I remembered. I don't remember it. Harry, would you watch it again? Yeah, I wouldn't pay for to go see it. So if I if I took it to the cinema, would you think it was money well spent? Yeah, so it's a good. How long is it? Like a good. About two, just over two hours. Oh, just over two hours. Yeah. Good story, good characters. Two hours is it? Anywhere between ninety minutes to two hours is a good length for a film, I think. Yeah. Unless it's like a really big film that then. Avatar. Some films are long for the sake of it. This didn't feel long. No, it doesn't. Like, if I was sat down with a slushy, nachos and popcorn, <laughs> I love it. You, you pretty much have all that, most of that, enough snacks when you watch a film anyway. I don't, I love nachos and popcorn. Oh, or slushy. Okay. When, okay, when you become a YouTube star, can you can no, yeah, yeah, you can have all this stuff. Yeah, can we have a sushi machine. No, not yet. No, we, we used yeah, to have... yeah, you used to have one. Then we used to use it. So there you go. We could put it right there. No, no, we never use a seat. 
Only on Christmas Day. Every time we ever use it, we mostly sit on the floor. You can sit on the floor. <laughs> okay. Who is there a character that you'd like to slap? I would I would consider mummy, but say no because I think he'll just kill me. <laughs> so I've got to go for I'm not sure. Maybe hit oh, the the oh god. The one that betrays them. Eddie. Yeah. No, is that Eddie? Yeah. Eddie. Yeah, but, yeah, him. I do like when like the she read the reps like how look how like um, her brother has to like read the from the book. And they lose the key and then he chokes the key like Oh yeah, that's what that's one of the things he said. I'll just we'll go back to that in a second. Is there a character you'd like to slap him? I think the obvious choice is probably Benny, just because he is such a coward that he will yeah. basically um, betray everyone to get the gold at the end. Um, what I do like about this movie, though, is uh, obviously at the end when everything's when the roof, uh, the the ceilings of the tomb is coming down, yeah. and Rick tries to help Benny and tries to get him out, um, and obviously Benny doesn't make it in time. But at least Rick tried to help. Yeah. Because Indeed. I think any other character would leave him there to die, but Rick actually tries to get him out. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of got to be Benny, hasn't it? Because he's he's yeah, just I got that I'm... slappable kind of face. <laughs> yeah. See what Harry just mentioned then was, so that they get the key and he gets it. He manages to Jonathan steals the key back, doesn't he? But he opens a book and they just throws the key. So he spent the entire he spent like the last few minutes or however long in the film trying to get hold of this key yeah. to open the book. And like you said, why is he just throwing it behind him? I mean, they leave the books behind, don't they? And the books probably get destroyed, don't they? I think that's just more because they're trying to escape. Do they yeah. come in? Do they come in in the sequel? The books. Um, You'll have to watch the sequel, Harry, and find out, won't you? You both watched it. Yeah, but you've got to watch it. I think they probably are. I can't remember. I, re- I remember the plot, but I don't remember exactly the book about the books. Yeah, because like I get, I get if they leave the book, how it makes more sense. They can't resurrect him again, or like they That's can't... true, yeah. Because if you keep the books and the but I don't know how he kills, and... he kills, the, he kills his girlfriend, and he's like, like why? He's like, uh, it's funny. was like shot. It's like, well, what if this could happen? If she's trying to kill someone, what do they have to let her do it? Well, yeah, but it still doesn't mean he wants yeah. to die. I love, I love the ending. Though. It was a bit confusing, but then you see like this giant, like these like, shadow like cats, and you see the giant horse, and he's running yeah. through. So that was a bit weird, but I liked that same time. It was very like, cool and beautiful looking. Yeah, like that's when his soul gets taken away, isn't it? Yeah. Taken away to the afterlife. So it can be killed. I'm on I quite like the bit when they get off the boat when it's they all have to get off the boat and then on the separate sides. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a line that I remembered before I even started watching it where Benny shouts like, Oh, looks like we've got all the horses, and then he shouts back, it looks like you're on the wrong side of the river. Which I thought I, yeah. it was something the second I started watching, like, oh, having that scene coming up. I do, I do think I did look at the ending how like, they find some treasure and it just starts getting and then it stops. And then what is it, Benny? Is it, yeah, and like he just starts to say, Oh, I'm safe, my I'm like, I'm probably gonna it. And all these boxes come swarming in the room, like, Yeah, oh, he's dead, yeah, he's not saving him. He's basically he's being kind of father now. <laughs> say goodbye to him. 
the bugs are quite like a they're like a like a pack of wild dogs. No, yeah, I think they're quite like a a scary thing. For I think we, if you were younger, that'd be one of the things that would Oliver like, could potentially. Oliver, Oliver probably be fine. Yeah, Oliver doesn't like. But, um, oh yeah, he doesn't like bugs, does he? No, he doesn't like bugs. Doesn't he? No, he doesn't like bugs. Does he? he? Doesn't like spiders. He likes dinosaurs. He can sit through a Jurassic all the Jurassic Park films and not flinch once. But he has a giant robot spider. A fly comes into his bedroom and he freaks out. Does he not have a giant robot fly though? Yeah. That's that's a robot spider. And if it hits, if it hits my door, it's No, I, I always think the bugs are quite cool in it. I like yeah. how they, like a swarm that they're all scared. Like, there's what a bit of scarab beetles. Really? It's quite a thing in Egyptian like mythology. Yeah, because that was like the one of the booby traps, wasn't it? Like traps. I like how, like, I can't remember the character. It's one of like, the beginning characters, but he goes off and he finds, like, little treasures on the wall and they're actually, like, casing for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, guy that takes them there. And then, then that's the first thing you see them. So, oh. And he, he's stealing them off the wall, isn't he, with a knife? And then yeah. Pretty, oh, and then he, he, he runs into the wall, doesn't he? And he knocks him. He basically kills himself, doesn't he? Because he hits his head on the wall as he's running into it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's a British comedian. <laughs> yeah, Omid Jalili, his name is. He's very funny. I've seen him in anything. I don't think you've seen him in anything else. He's one of those actors that just pops up in random films. But here I am. Goodbye now. But, but this is kind of a film that I kind of remember him being in. Yeah. yeah. You always remember what films people have been in? I do remember a lot of films people have been in. Name one actor which has been in more than four films. <laughs> Loads. What a <laughs> random question. <laughs> Tom Cruise. There you go. There you go. Brendan Fraser's been in more than eight films. Rachel Voice has been in more than eight films. John Hannah's been in more than eight films. The whole of this cast has been in more than eight films. Eight films is not that many for... Uh, oh, well, what's quite interesting is Brendan Fraser for a long time wasn't in stuff. No, until I Name this, which was in the Hunters or Hundreds films. I don't know. Ha! I, I found the limit of your knowledge. <laughs> I'm only human. Who was that? Um, oh. I was going to say, you've lost my train of thought now. You've been <laughs> questions about. Was, have you got a favourite scene? I'm not sure. Maybe the ending, I think that was interesting. The battle? Yeah, yeah. Between with them. Yeah, and like I love how like the whole place is like collapsing. And you ever think if that how much noise that was making, like none of the local people. But in the desert, to be fair. And then but more like it clearly shakes the ground. None of the local, not like, how like. We don't know because you don't see the local people react. They I might, know. They might be all sat at home, on their Xboxes or something. And go, Ooh. <laughs> you wouldn't move. I would actually. I'd... You'd only move if your internet went off. <laughs> I thought I would not. I said if if I if I saw him as a mummy person, I'm leaving the country. I'm packing up the Xbox. I'm leaving. They don't have electricity. That's my life. What's your favourite scene? Oh, all of them. There's everything in this movie is perfect. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I am quite partial to. Uh, the scene where they're at the docks and you see kind of Rick for the first time and he's like clean shaven and he's handsome and and Evie's like, oh, he's such a scoundrel, you know, um, and all of that. And then he says, oh, anyone I know, and he's he's all handsome. And it's, yeah, 
I I love their dynamic. I I I kind of just love the I love the romance aspect of this movie as well. Um, it's not like in your face kind of romance. It's all kind of slow burn. Um, but feels genuine. It feels like it would yeah. be as well. Sort of I also have another character. Such great chemistry. Do you see the character on the side? I want to slap her brother. For one scene, when she's leaving the library, she hears something. She goes into a coffin and he pops out. That made yeah. me. And that's I would smack through that torch. That's true. Yeah, that that's not very nice, is it? To pretend to be in a coffin and pretend to be uh, like a skeleton. That's mean. What's quite good is he's what I quite like is even though he's a bit of a annoying. Bump. Yeah, but he's st- he's clearly quite smart still. Smart. He's not as smart as she is, but the fact that he can actually read the book as well. Ish. And then we have to ask her for one of the symbols or whatever. Okay. But he's obviously reasonably well educated to be able to read that sort of con- that yeah. sort of text, which most people most people couldn't pick that book up and read anything, could they? So he's clearly Google got the same Translate. sort of knowledge as her, but she's just a lot smarter than him. Google Translate. I don't. I don't Google Translate does uh, hieroglyphics, yeah. Harry. <laughs> yeah, I do. Google knows what languages. Well, if they don't, maybe that's what they should do next. Maybe that's a recommendation for Google. I'm, I'm messaging them right now. Like, Harry says, get this done. Well, they're, they're bound to know who he is. <laughs> um, so, should we rate the film? Yes. This is going to be this is going to be the easiest one for, to guess for guest. No, I don't ever go first. It's your podcast. I told you this. You go last. Okay. okay. I go first then. Okay, I'm going to give this a solid four point five. That's not a solid. Okay. Key. He does this all the time. He says, you... "I'm going to give it a solid," and then <laughs> it's not a solid number. Every time you mention, I'm just going to do it again and again. Well, cool. so. Should we ask the inevitable question? M, what are you going to score this out of five? We always say five is a perfect film. Um, what it's trying to be, it doesn't have to be the greatest film ever. You're going to disagree because you're going to say it's both. It, it is. Uh, and I I can't not give this five out of five. It's, it is perfect. It is the greatest movie ever made. Simply simply put, that is that is what it is. That's so it's a five. That's going to make it a one and better. No, no, I'm not going to give it a five. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to give it a 4.5. You need a solid 4.5. <laughs> the sass. I love Harry's sass. It's so fun. I, got, I get it from my mum. Yeah, you do get it from your mum. Um, I can tell that. Which would be just over 4.75. I haven't got a calculator in my hand. Oh. Um, which is about right, huh? Oh. There you go. You're calcul- your friendly calculator person is here. That's 4.66, it gives it. You're welcome. How's that right? 4.66666666. Which is still a good score. Yeah, it's not Beetlejuice, it's fine. <laughs> it puts it, I think it puts it above Indiana Jones. Or... Ooh, controversial. Um, if it's not Beetlejuice, it's fine. It's, it's, but then it's Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I don't think is the best Indiana Jones film. So it's acceptable. It puts it. Uh, it puts it above quite a few big films. Um, <laughs> I'm not um, sorry. So there's nothing the exact same score, but 
just below it is the Goonies, Hook, Rocky Four, Back to Future Three, um, Iron Giant, Princess Bride. How far down is Indiana Jones? Which is what it'd be closest. Indiana Jones would be like a four or something. Yeah, it is. So yeah, there you go. It's I've, the only films that are above it are pretty much for the only one that's directly above it is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Okay, that's a good movie. And then it's all our pretty much all our five star films. Well, is, I'm I'm happy with that. I I mean, it should be five stars. I'll be honest, but you know, not everyone likes everything perfectly. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm happy with it being four point six 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 reoccurring. Not point six six six. I can't. Don't need the calculator. So, so that's a, basically that's a really good film recommendation from us, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um. So what I would say is, this is where now we drink, we ask you some questions, and Harry's actually got a question for you. Go on then. Shoot. What 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 is it like writing an article? What what is it like writing an article? Yeah. Well, I've I've written a few of them. <laughs> um, I think it depends what the article is. If it's an article about another podcast, I find that quite easy because I speak to a lot of podcasts and I get to know a lot of podcasts. And everyone who does podcasts, as as you both will know, uh, all really nice, lovely people. Uh, and ultimately, we're all doing the same thing at the end of the day. Um, so I find that quite easy and I find that quite refreshing as well to speak to other podcasts. Yes. If I'm writing about a movie or something, um, I've done a couple of um, movie based articles. I did one of my favourite ones I did was on Greece 2, uh, which is the superior Greece, by the way. Um, and, <laughs> um, yeah, and that, that's, that's different because it's it's fun to like write something that you're passionate about and that you love. And I would always say if you're going to write something that you should always write with passion and you should always write with love and you should always fiercely believe in what you're writing. That's that's kind of the only advice I would give if anyone is interested in writing anything. Just be passionate about it. Just be passionate about everything that you do, whether that's podcasting or writing or whatever. Just love what you do. That's what I would say, and that's how I would describe it. Is it sometimes hard, like, like when you read them on the actors playing Matilda, is it hard to sometimes get them to, like, like, get in touch with them? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it is hard to get in touch with people that you really, really want to speak to, and sometimes I will email people and I just won't hear anything from them. Um. And sometimes you could email someone twice or three times and you just not hear anything. Um, and unfortunately, it's, you just have to kind of move on because if they're too busy or they don't see the email, you just have to move on to someone else and hope that they will see it eventually. Um, so obviously this is, The Mummy is your favourite film. Yeah. Um, what's your, what other favourite films do you have? Oh, <laughs> Um, well, I mean, you've already mentioned one of them, actually, in, in your little rundown that you did there. I love The Iron Giant. Yeah. I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's beautiful. It's yeah, it's a film that when I ever look at the rankings, I always think I ranked it wrong. Wait, well, uh, it is. If it's lower than The Mummy, then it's too low. Um, yeah. I it, that's on a par with The Mummy as far as I'm concerned. Bad. 
Simon pulled us up on that as well when we he sat and ripped our my ranking to part. <laughs> well, you know, me and Simon, <laughs> me and Simon have known each other for a few years, and obviously I, I write for Simon, so I know him pretty well. And one of the things that we don't agree on everything, me and Simon, but one of the things we do agree on is our love for the Iron Giant. I think it's one of those things that I try it. Not many people like if you've seen it, you love it. Yeah. But not enough people have seen it. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It's one of those movies that flies over the radar for so many people, and it desperately deserves to be a huge animated movie. And the fact it's not is a travesty. It's also, um, like I did the book when I was in school, and I actually think the film might be better, which yeah. is rare. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You did the book in school. We've had this conversation. Did before. I? Yeah. What? Both like a. There's a there's a sequel as well where it's, there's a female giant in it. Oh, um, but yeah, and it's also it's done. By, I always remember when it came out. I've watched this and then. Is a sequel called? Is it a film? And no, it's not a film. It's oh. just a book. Um, the director Brad Bird then got went to Pixar, and he's with Incredibles. Yeah. And straight away, when you when you heard the concept of the Incredibles and then you knew who it was, you're like, that's going to be a good film. Yeah. It's that is my favorite Pixar movie, The Incredibles. I love it. And you can see the same sort of that di- you can see the director like his, his love and stamp it. over it, sort of thing, the style. Yeah. Very sort of because the era it's very it comes across as very sort of similar era and everything. Yeah, it does, definitely. You're very much an animation fan, aren't you? Oh, I love animation. Uh it's animation is one of my favorite things to talk about. That's why I do an animation season every year, because I want to be that podcast that you know, has these seasons to focus on animation and to talk about great animation and that animation's not just for children, uh, which a lot of people think it is just for children. It's not. And also that it's not a genre. It's a medium because animation can be any genre. You can have comedy animation. You can have horror animation. You can have drama animation. Um, yeah, I, I love talking animation. Obviously, I'm in the middle of animation season right now. So I am literally living my best life at the moment talking about animation. I think what you touched on when you mentioned about like Incredibles and Pixar and stuff like that, um, you just said there with animation about how it's like a you can have anything in it. I think the best of Pixar proves that. Yeah. In the sense of like, you know, Wally up, oh, Wall- Toy Story. They're all completely different types of films. Incredibles is like a superhero film before superhero films are as big as they are now. I and they've all they're all different like genres and stuff. Like I know you've just done um oh, Inside Out. Yeah. Which I always think is one of those films that wouldn't work in any other genre. You couldn't Absolutely. do that. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Yeah. Has yeah. to be animated. Um but and I I remember reading something like Pixar said they did they don't do a story because they don't do animation because that's what oh, they yeah. do. They want to do they tell the stories because is and it, use animation because that's what will get the best out of that story, sort of thing. Yeah. Is Pixar making a new animated film called Elements? That's yeah. right. El- Elemental, I think it's called. Looks, I've seen some trailers. Looks very inside out style. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Easter egg for the main character inside a bottle, aren't you? And a bottle. I think that, yeah, I think that. I, I, when I'm, I watched him. Well, then there's a lot. There's like um, a couple of years back, there was big... Mitchell's versus Machines. Yeah, I love it. Which is one of those films I think got maybe got more on Netflix because of 
COVID because it was like just the beginning of COVID, I think that came out. Yes. Or in the middle of COVID. And then, but it's one of those that probably deserved a cinema release because it would have been popular. And it's fantastic. This, I also think, like, I think what's good about Pixar films is like a lot of films don't have Easter eggs for each other, but Pixar they all have Easter eggs, yeah. especially the like the Pixar ball, or like sometimes I think in Monster Inc. you can find like an Nemo or Jesse toy. So that makes a lot of people think all the all they all connect in some way. Yeah, yeah. there's there's a theory about Pixar yeah. shared universe. Yeah, it's a massive. Have you seen a YouTube video by any chance, Harry? What do you think? <laughs> Sit down and talk, shall we? See, have, have I seen a YouTube video? You've seen a YouTube video on everything. No, um, I've not seen a You're also looking forward to a new Spider-Verse film, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Like, into the... Like... Oh, love Spider-Verse. Oh, oh, I can't wait. Oh. It's going to be amazing. Yes. The art style. Well, I think that was one of those films when that came out. It was kind of... <laughs> A lot of people liked thought, oh yeah, this would be all right, and then a lot of adults ended up liking it way more than they thought they would. When we first watched it, did not did not power go out. I think so, maybe. Yeah, no, it, we watched in our whole house, and we were like at halfway through, and a whole power cut hanging on the street. We never used to have power stations anymore. I think it's just on our street we never had power. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you're in the middle of an animation season. What else? Is exci- <laughs> have you got anything else exciting coming up? Mainly just animation season stuff, to be honest. Um, I'm just about to drop for patrons at The Emperor's New Groove. I don't know if Harry's seen that one. Maybe. It's got a llama. The llama one, yeah. I know. We've never covered a Disney animation film. No, because they're too big. Purposely, we should we should do Pixar because obviously the old concept of our thing is that we um it's films ideally that Harry's never seen. Yeah. Chances are he's going to have seen most of it. Judge, can we do Wally for my birthday? If you want, it's your birthday. Wally. I have always thought about doing the what, like doing like four or five for uh, like Pixar, Disney. No, books. doing Disney films that I watched as a kid. Did you watch Wally? Because they weren't, they aren't necessarily the obvious ones. Did you watch Wally? More when I was older, because it didn't come out until I was older. Don't know, I can't remember what year it came out. What, what? about some of the uh, Don Bluth ones? We've done. Um, hmm? So we have done American Tale. Yeah. And we've done Rats of Nim. Yeah, Rats of Nim was all that. Ah, yeah, I've done Secret of Nim as well. What about All Dogs Go to Heaven? Has he seen that one? No, we haven't done that yet. What, okay. what is it? Will it make me cry at Watership Down? Oh, he's done Watership Down. You thought? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I still not forgive you for that. But that's like one of those films I watched Logan as a kid. I didn't mind it. Yeah, I don't think it's as scary as it was. No, it's because you just don't cry at things. You know, I don't like animals dying. In the I want to do All Dogs Go to Heaven and Land Before Time. Oh, well, yeah, Land Before Time. Oh, that'll make you cry. Um, yeah, Willy you did one that we, uh, recently that I have also want to do, which is Fern Gully. Oh, Willy. yeah, Fern Gully. Yeah. There's quite a few, to be honest, animation ones. That I, so there's Willy that. There's Prince of Egypt. Yeah, I love Prince of Egypt. Uh, Is that all about where um, Moon is trying yeah. to sleep? Before? I, I did it in our week. Quest for Camelot. I haven't seen that one. There's uh, Sinbad Legend of the Seven Seas as well. That's uh, that's one that you could do. When I was really young, I used to watch a film called Flight of the Dragons, but I've never seen it since I was a kid. So it'll be interesting to see if it holds Ooh, up. Oh, actually, it's just on the cusp of your... Oh, it might be a bit too late, actually. There was a film in 2000 
which was my very first episode that I ever did, which was on a movie called Titan AE. Yeah, listen to that episode. Yeah. Uh, that's a really interesting movie because yeah, yeah. that is very much on the cusp of traditional hand-drawn and CG animation. We just did an episode that came out with Recasted, which is where we recasted the, not recasted, but we casted a live-action version of Hercules. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, Hercules is good fun. Because doing yeah, a live- I like that movie. Um, so we casted a live action version, and I'd just like to say, as this podcast is being recorded, we're currently winning that debate. Yeah. Was it Twitter? Twitter. It's on Twitter. 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 After years, you can log on Twitter just to vote for us. It's because we've got a better cast. <laughs> I don't even have Twitter, so I'm not even on it. So. You, you have got Twitter, but you just deleted all the stuff off your phone because you don't. Want Actually, to no, I've only had Instagram. No, I did put Twitter on your phone. I'm checking the stone. But it's not Mary anymore. What your um for the listeners, one of my favourite episodes of yours is Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, mm-hmm. it's because it's one of the greatest films ever. That's why. Uh well, I don't think you'd seen it before you'd watched it for the for your podcast or something, or it was one of those uh, that you No, I'd I'd seen it. It was it was always one of those because I'm not the biggest fan of Tom Cruise. Um I find that a lot of his roles are a bit too samey for me. Yeah. But I like that he plays against type in that movie. Um, and I love Emily Blunt because she is a badass in that movie. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I love the premise, the idea that, you know, you constantly... It's like a video game, isn't it, where you, if you die, you just regenerate again and again and again and again. And I love that premise. So yeah, that's that. I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. I just want to listen to that one episode in work and thinking that was a good because I, I, I think it's, that was another film that I always think a lot of people haven't seen or kind yes. of brushed away. Brushed on me. And I think when people, everyone I know that's watched it goes, "Oh, I was like, I love that film." Whenever it's on, I always watch it. I think the problem kind of stems from the fact it was obviously based on a really popular manga called "All You Need Is Kill," and when it came for like to make it for an American audience. They gave it a very nondescript name, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, and Edge of Tomorrow doesn't really tell you anything. It's like it's like calling the movie John Carter, John Carter. It's like, well, what does that tell you? It tells you nothing. John Carter is actually a decent movie. The problem with John Carter was it's called John Carter. Yeah. <laughs> if it was called uh, Princess of Mars, which is the Edgar Rice Burroughs novel it was based on, might have done a bit better, but I digress. Um, but, you that, but John Wick... Well, that's the thing. You see, John Wick, I, I, the difference between John Carter and John Wick is John Wick is obviously a piece of material that stands on its own. It's now its own IP. When you take a movie called John Carter, which is based on existing IP that isn't referencing its existing IP, that's where you start to get a problem. John Wick, when the first movie came out, it wasn't a big deal. But it grew on word of mouth. And that's how we got John Wick Chapter 2 and John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. And now we're going to get John Wick Chapter 4. And obviously, Harry's never seen these movies because Uh, they are not suitable, really. However, you probably really appreciate the fact that it all starts because of a dog. Wait, what? Where are you going to watch this? No, no, no. I don't think it's suitable to watch, Harry. (laughs) It's it's no Keanu Reeves is in The Matrix, how how we can kill everybody. Yeah. It's that... Like Ten times worse. Like Deadpool. Yeah, it's like the Deadpool. I need to watch Deadpool real. before the sequel comes out. 
Well, no, because we, we've established that Harry is going to be when Deadpool three comes out, he's going to be fifteen, Six, which is yeah. scary. So potentially <laughs> he, can, he can watch the other two. The, I want to watch the other two. Because I watched loads of films that I shouldn't have watched before. Uh, yeah, you watched. Before I was you watched Science and the Lamb. I'm sure M was the same. I'm sure she didn't watch 18. She didn't watch a single 18 before she was 18. Of course. I think 18 films like Suicide Squad. It depends on the context, I think. But I had a pair of supervision. But shall we wrap it up? Yeah. So thank you for coming on and all your support of our podcast over the last year or so that we've been doing it. You are very welcome. It's it's honestly a genuine pleasure to to be here to, to kind of chat to you guys and and obviously to chat to the celebrity that is Harry because I've been looking forward to this for such a long time. <laughs> oh, I'm just, oh and, I'm a... and your dad. Yeah, sorry, I keep I forgetting about I'm your dad. I know I'm not the star. That's why I did the podcast. It was never about you me. <laughs> but no, yeah. Thank you for coming on, and I hope it's been fun. And it has uh, been a lot of fun. And chaos. Yes, it always is chaos. It is. You got me. I don't follow any scripts. So. It's not that we don't have one, really. We just have a guide of how we. Yeah, you never show me guides. You don't need to see it. I guide you. <laughs> That's my job. Yeah, very badly there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, listen, I, I love Harry's cheekiness. It's genuinely one of the reasons I love listening to your podcast is Harry and the fact that he's so cheeky and funny. Well, you don't. You never guide me that well. But you know what? You probably get your cheekiness and your sense of humour from your dad. I'm a mum. Yeah, you saw And your mum, obviously. Yeah, his mum's very dry humour. That's where he gets she that does from. listen to this episode, which she never does. She's been on it, huh? True. She's going. She did Spice World with us. I don't know. But she's, if she wants to be on the mother one, she has to listen to all of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we say bye? Bye bye. Thanks a lot, everyone. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Bye.